So Carly, got your cap and gown? Is it ready? No, no I don't have it. Don't you? I need could that borrow for, my roommate. Don't, don't you need that for Friday? No. <laughs> no so your roommate has it and you don't? Well, everyone orders their own, but I just haven't gotten around to it because okay, so you're lazy it's not like I need it that. yet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, at least you're here with us on the podcast. Uh, Carly, Carly, our intern, she graduates. She graduates this week. And so she's helping, yep. she's helping us with the intro this week. Uh, we are coming to you three weeks in a row on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. We are feeling very ambitious, overachieving, sound quality, still awesome. Um, but with us today, <laughs> with us today on the podcast, we have a blast from the past. A former friend and colleague of ours joins us, and we talk to Justin Winslow, president and CEO of the Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association. You're listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Have you prepared what you're going to say for the, the intro, since you're part of the intro now? Well, we're doing a new oh. intro? Yes, we have to do an intro. Your Are face. you prepared? Why? God, no, I'm not. <laughs> no. Aww. Season three, you got to be in it. That's probably what it was, so you already did it. It's already done. <laughs> <laughs> Intro over. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his, it's, on his it's desk. Always right here. Here. It's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. I mean, it's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, there's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Save that! <laughs> Welcome back. You are listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. We are still in quarantine. We are still Zooming uh, and still awesome, as always. Uh, I love how is, we're doing twice as many of these now that we're crappier at it. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> we do quantity over quality, right? That's that's what they say. <clears throat> that's what we're going right. to That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. It's a surefire indicator of self-importance. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've gotten a little that's bit us. of that. We've gotten a little bit. You need, need oh self-importance. We're here. Anyway, this is Matt Resch uh, of Resch Strategies. We are a public affairs and a public relations firm in Lansing, Michigan. Normally, we are in the historic Naps building downtown, but today and for the foreseeable future, we are all in various comfy chairs in our homes. Zooming together to bring in this episode, um, you can find us at reststrategies.com. We're also on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram at Rest Strategies. And I'd encourage you to, if you are a regular podcast listener, or even if you don't listen to any other podcast, only ours. That, that would be best. Only ours. You can go to iTunes. You can follow us there and Spotify and a couple other platforms. But sign up there and you get it. Uh, you get the podcast right to your phone. It's awesome. Um, I'm going to start off, just introduce the team. We've got a, a very good guest, actually a couple of guests today. Um, a blast from the past, someone very close to this podcast, very close to this team. Uh, little surprise guest we'll, we'll bring to you at the, at the tail end of this. Um, but today we're going to talk to Justin Winslow. Justin is the president and CEO of the Michigan Restaurant and the Lodging Association. Uh, last week we talked to Chad Livengood at Cranes and got 
a certain perspective of this COVID-19 crisis uh, from a journalist and, and the stories he was telling today. We're going to talk to a guy who represents an industry that may be uh, hit harder than, than any other uh, in the state and across the, across the country, to be honest, the restaurant and lodging industry. So we're going to check in with Justin uh, in, in a second. But before we do that, Stephanie Vancouvering in my Hello. upper left-hand corner. That's nice. Hey, Steph. Hi. <laughs> really, clearly doing something else. Stephanie, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Stephanie, Hi. Stephanie is, is with us on screen, not paying attention to the podcast. That's fine. Uh, Joe Beshi, he's below Hello. her there. Hey, Joe. Nikki O'Mara, she's in the center square for this podcast. How's it going, Nikki? Hello. Excellent. Uh, Carly Buell, the, the soon-to-be graduate, just finished up your last, last MSU final, Carly, our, in, yes. our student intern. Actually, you're not, you're not a student anymore. I just know. Just, just an just intern. An intern. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Of course. Uh, Nick DeLue in the upper right-hand corner. How's it going, Nick? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nick's Man. also doing something else. He's, I'm not. He's... he's I'm paying close attention. I, I thought I'd bring a little Grand Rapids flavor to the podcast today. Right. Last but not least, um, the sound technician for the podcast, Laura Beal. How's it going, Laura? Still here, still sounding awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you all being here. Um, it's been uh, it's it's been a week. Uh, you're right, Joe. This is what three weeks in a row we got that we took yeah. a week off, and now we're feeling overly ambitious probably too ambitious and our brand new podcasts weekly, at least for now. Um, we, so, so that's, that's the team. Like I said, Justin Winslow, uh, restaurant association, lodging association, CEO will be with us. So Justin Winslow is with us, uh, president CEO of the Michigan restaurant and lodging association also, a premier decorator of home offices, we can see here as we look here, <laughs> as he has brought his backdrop from, from the association back home and his appropriate branding uh, for the Zoom podcast. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Pineapple is everywhere. So I have to ask before we get into this, I was telling, I was, uh, before, before you joined us, we were saying that you know, last week we talked to to Chad Livengood and got a real firsthand uh, reporting from him on the effects of kind of the, the public health crisis. And I know that you're going to be able to give us a firsthand look of the economic crisis that has come with uh, COVID-19. But before we get into that stuff, I'm, I'm dying to know if you and Steph have, your wife Stephanie, have picked up any quarantine hobbies um, other than the, the eight little children you're wrangling around your house. I mean, does bourbon count as a, as a hobby? Uh, we are trying to maintain seven, five, and two at home when we're both trying to work has been, uh, um, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be polite for the podcast. It's, it's been a challenge, uh, but we're, we're trying to make it work. We, we have a river. Well, you really can't call it a river. It's Sycamore Creek. That is the borderline of our backyard. So we've been doing all these exploratory missions with the kids. Uh, out back is a way hoping to, to, hoping to lose one. Yeah. Oops. It's gone <laughs> current. Uh, no, but I mean, just to do, just to do something to get outside. And so, and, and it's, we'll, we'll call it school uh, in terms of trying to learn about our local, our, our, our environment around us. It's, it's, it's still time. 
that's if that counts as a hobby. I was thinking about you guys this morning when we were, when I was putting some notes together because I was like, okay, so a CEO of a statewide trade association at the epicenter of the economic fallout of all of this, um, a spouse who is involved in advocacy for senior living facilities and centers also at the center of all this and three tiny little kids all at home uh, doing all that. So hats off to you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, she has been amazing because she knows that it's been absolute chaos around here. So as challenging as it's been on this side of the equation, she's been an absolute um, uh, hero for, for our family and, and frankly for me too. Oh, cool. So we are, we are big fans of restaurants here on the podcast. We, we've had a couple as guests. Uh, we, we took a road trip out to the White Horse Inn, Michigan's oldest restaurant, about, about a year ago to meet with, meet with them and hear that story. I'm, I'm curious, as you're sitting here at the end of April, six, six seven weeks into this, into this issue and this crisis, on behalf of the industry, where, where do things stand? What are, what's, what's your feeling going forward? Yeah, I think it's for this industry's sake, it's still pretty early in, in this process. Uh, it may be past the quote peak uh, and we may be getting closer to reemerging uh, in the statewide economy. But, but this industry, I think, is going to feel a fallout. I mean, I think we felt it more acutely with, with shutdowns almost immediately. Uh, but the prolonged effect, I think, is what's going to be uh, a real challenge. The tail of this thing is we wait for the, the public to feel comfortable going back out to public spaces, which could be a real long time uh, for the overwhelming majority, at least, of people to feel comfortable going back out to public spaces. That's, that's going to hurt for a long time. And this industry is not exactly a cash-rich uh, one, so it's going to be a challenge. And some, frankly, aren't going to make it. Some, frankly, already have gone under. Yeah, I saw that you put out a survey. Was it last week that you... The industry had already lost more than a, a billion dollars just in the month of April. Is that is that right? Yeah, that was a projected loss uh, of business compared to what they were predicted to have for this month, for this year. Uh, and so you, you can extrapolate that to see how, how big that really is for the entire economy in Michigan as well. We try to make that case as we're asking for, you know, we're an industry that usually just says, leave us alone, we'll figure it out. Uh, and now we are in a weird position as an industry to say, we're dying on the vine here and we're going to need some, some uh, infusion of, of cash and forbearance and forgiveness. Uh, so it's been, it's been odd to be in that, uh, in that position as an association, but that is where, that's where we find ourselves. These, these guys have uh, no income coming in in most situations and, um, and are going to need some cash flow just to stay open through this hardship uh, and, and some forgiveness and forbearance to, to get through what comes next. So the, uh, the pickup and the takeout orders that I keep doing are only doing so much help right now. You're keeping people afloat. And Nikki, thank you. It's good to see you. It's good to hear you. You do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it is, it, it's important though to note that restaurants are 55% of them are closed right now. So those who are open, uh, I, I salute them, and I, and I think we all appreciate appreciate them, including in my family as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Takeout Tuesday is a very real thing, uh, but but that's more than more than half still aren't open at all. I, what I think is interesting though is that they're they're learning on the fly because I think what's happening right now is is not going to just go away when we reengage society. You're going to see more delivery, more. Um, 
touchless contact or no contact, contact free uh, pickup and, and delivery options being just a new part of the norm for this industry. So those who are actively involved right now are just kind of preparing, for, I think, for a, a bigger part of what's to come. What do you think the, a family trip to a restaurant is going to look like in, let's say, six months? Have you, you have any members? Who, you know, I saw, I think it was in, I think it may have been, even been in Europe, restaurants that were starting to put up plexiglass dividers in between tables so that you were kind of going into a restaurant, but there was a, a, a piece of glass in between you and the next table. Have you, has the industry talked about what the future might look like there? Yeah, I mean, we've been we've been in part uh, and and parcel of the of the governor's uh, what we call the Merck team, the Economic Recovery Council of of reviewing recommendations, talking about what what the reality for this industry is going to look like going forward. Some of them will have, I think, plexiglass. You're not going to see too often. You're going to see those often in hotels for check-in. Uh, when you when you check into a hotel, that there will likely be a plexiglass uh, divider between you and the front desk. Uh, but in restaurants, some may use actual dividers. You're going to definitely see social distancing where, where no one is going to be any closer than six feet and maybe more like 10 feet from anyone else in the restaurant, uh, which by the way is a challenge because it's an industry that requires volume. Right. Uh, and when you limit mm -hmm. that volume, we're spending a lot of our time right now. How can we expand out into uh, patios to a degree we never have? How can we take advantage of parking spaces and parking lots when and where we can? Can we get local governments to make public park space near restaurants? Um, can we make those expanded cafe opportunities as we're seeing in Europe? Those are all things we're looking at trying to do just to find square footage opportunities. For I noticed, and I don't know if, if um, you've, you've seen this too, but there's a, a food truck that has started uh, to do outreach to neighborhoods. And we got our neighborhood association sent out a note last week saying this food truck is going to be in, in the neighborhood. They're taking orders. You can order your dinner a week out, pay in advance. And at, on Friday at three o'clock, they'll pull up here and they'll either deliver it to your house or you can go pick up your pre-made meal and they'll have it for you. Um, but rather than parking someplace and having people come to them, they're now going out to neighborhoods. Yeah. I mean, I think it's genius. And I think more brick and more, more to restaurants should be thinking about that type of portability because that's going to be increasingly of the demand that's going to be there are going to be expectations of this post COVID shutdown uh, that people are going to want that and, and I presume I'm, I'm going to ask you back is is that a popular uh, choice in your neighborhood well it's interesting it's hard to tell how much is people kind of rallying to the cause knowing hey here's a small business that needs our help let's all go do it because the entire neighborhood ordered um, and I don't know if this were to happen every Friday for the next, you know, 16 Fridays, if everyone would still be doing it. But, you know, I think in the immediate moment, they, everyone signed on and they were, I, I can't imagine to see what this is going to look like on Friday because everybody who responded to the Facebook post said, yes, I'll do it. I'm ordering. So. No, that's great. That's good to hear. I do think that's going to be just part of the, the new norm. Maybe not that everywhere in anyone in everyone's neighborhood. Uh, but expanded new and unique ways uh, to get food to people where they are and where they feel comfortable having it, but just out of pure necessity. Well, the, the industry is so naturally creative. Um, I mean, all small businesses have to be innovative and creative in, in, in some way or another, but the fact that you're, you're adding this element of food creation and the niches of, of cooking and providing cool food niches, it's a whole new level of creativity 
that these folks probably have already kind of just in them. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these are small, independent entrepreneurs. They're creative by nature and they're flexible. They know how to adapt to survive. And I think that's what you're seeing on the ground right now. A lot of them have started taking advantage of retail grocery operations. You know, they have a supply chain that's not being utilized. It hasn't been meant. Your Cisco's of the world and Gordon Food Service aren't really meant to go to retail grocery and they have all this food that is not really being utilized to restaurants to a degree it's accustomed to. So they're they're reallocating and selling some grocery products directly from what they take in from their wholesalers and pushing those back out as retail products. And it's not working everywhere, but it's definitely working in some places with really great success. What about your, um, your lodging members, your hotels, how are they adapting and what does the future look like for them? Yeah, it's a challenge too for them. Whether it's convention centers essentially being shut down right now and not having really any access to business. And that's, that's how they, their entire bread and butter is in that segment. They are going to struggle for a while because I don't think we're going to see large groupings for a while. Uh, right now, we know that about 85% are still open, but most of them operating with sub 20% occupancy rates, and you can't sustain that uh, for long periods of time. It's why there's even a higher unemployment percentage in the hotel side of the equation than there is on the restaurant side, despite more of them being open still. Um, so I think it's going to be a challenge as people continue to be concerned about going back out to public. Are you going to take that weekend vacation you considered? Uh, and, and people are are deciding on the fly and, and these things aren't yet decided as to when they're going to feel comfortable, but they're not there yet. Um, they're going to struggle on that front. And I think that we're about to get into the resort season and there's a whole segment of our, of our state's economy that is North of Claire that, that is not sure and is pretty nervous right now, whether or not they're going to have a season and they make all of their money basically between June and August. And they don't know if June and August is going to be a, a, a safe in, in many people's minds. So if you're on Mackinac Island, uh, you're not sure what the season looks like right now. So give us some good news. Do you have any? What? What's, <laughs> what and maybe maybe I'll rephrase that question because it, 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 it was a demand, not a question. I'll ask, what's next? I mean, what? what, no, what are, I don't what listen. We, All day long, all I am is like the dark angel of communication. It's it's right. bad. Uh, and it's well, here's your, here's your opportunity to shine. There are anecdotal stories of success and goodwill that happen throughout this industry that, in all honesty, I'm a fairly cynical and sarcastic person most of the time, but that bring awe to me daily of different things restaurateurs and hoteliers are doing just to find a way to be part of a solution, whether it's repositioning their restaurant to just provide meals to frontline workers um, because they know that they want to be there for their community in need um, and, and to see many of the people that we work with professionally do that because that's their calling and that's what they, they view as the most important thing they can do with their, their time and their expertise right now is, I mean, that stuff's inspiring. It's, it's hard. It's hard on the industry professionally right now. We'll get through this. It'll be a different industry when we're through it, but I just, the character of what I see every day is it really is. um, It makes the long hours and the chaos of what's going on right now feel worth it at at the end of the day. So that's the kind of stuff at least that's getting me through right now. Well, we'll keep eating. We'll keep buying. We'll keep ordering. We'll do our part. Justin Winslow, I know you're super busy. You got a a governor's briefing coming up here in a few minutes that we'll all be, I'll be tuned into to see what comes out of that. So we appreciate you taking a couple minutes from your, from your home office there and, and joining the cold oatmeal podcast. 
it's been a lifelong dream, Matt. I'm very excited to have you. You know what? I've I've known that, so that's why I'm <laughs> happy to deliver during this dark time for you. You can come on and and check this off your list. If I'm ever allowed back on again, I promise to have a a, a rosier picture next time around. <laughs> Well, I've thought for a long time that we should come up with some sort of a some sort of partnership between the podcast and the association and we would happily drive to any one of your members you'd like and we could sit down and learn about the restaurant and association in in only exchange for a, a little meal and then we can come back and you know, we'll we'll make stars of your folks. Pencil me in. I think that's a great idea. I love it. Sounds good. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, guys. I appreciate Bye. it. Take care. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Joe, did you have an airplane fly into your house? <laughs> yeah, I was messaging him. I was like, can you mute yourself? Because is somebody vacuuming? What's going on? So There's loud. No, no. I think it's this dumb little adapter. Hold on. No, no, no. There was a car, a truck, or construction going on. <laughs> it was constantly. Joe. Oh. Do, you hear me now? Do you hear it now? No. No. It did sound I think like it's this little thing. piece of shit, man. I think it's this thing. <laughs> It was like you were working on 496 in the middle of construction. Well, yeah. Thank you, Nikki, for telling me. Like, I, I'm not hearing it. It's it cropped up right in the middle. Like, it, yeah. it wasn't doing it before. It's yeah. totally not doing it like now. A, it totally sounded like a vacuum cleaner. It did. I'm just I happy. Like, it wasn't I, thought, I thought your like, mom was vacuuming your house or something. All right. Well, let's include <laughs> this part in the podcast so everyone can know. Oh, my fault. Your mom vacuums for you. <laughs> That would my girlfriend would come over and vacuum for me if I asked her to. Exactly. That would be epic. See Mrs. Bessie just walk back. Is there something you have to do specifically? I see it's recording. No. <laughs> no. I just oh. have to come up with some something to say. That's all. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I wondered what was happening. <laughs> Oh. Let's just have it start this, that this way. A, this, it will probably start that way. I'll probably. Right. <laughs> so I don't need to introduce this voice that you're about to hear because anyone who's listened to this podcast will recognize the voice of one Sarah Ombre. She is the voice of the podcast, the voice of the announcement. You were there at the beginning. And Hi, everyone. <laughs> Sarah is with us. Sarah worked with us for a while. She was an intern first and then came on to help us with digital media before she moved up north, and now she lives in the bustling city of Mackinac, Mackinac City. And you work on Mackinac Island. Correct. It's, it's yeah, it's a nice rainy day up here. <laughs> so we were going to have you on because we figured out that Joe had a conversation with someone in quarantine, and he admitted that it was you. So we thought, oh, well, we gotta have got to have you on. But we just had the CEO of the Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association on, and he actually said, you know, I'm really curious to know what it's going to be like for those folks who have um, restaurants and operations up on Mackinac Island. So you work for one. What are you guys thinking right now? Um, well, so we were supposed to open on April 24th, last Friday, um, and that had to be had to be postponed. But right now, we're really just kind of doing everything we can to determine a realistic opening date. Um, we don't know right now what that is going to be, but everyone is just kind of, it's, it's amazing how much I will say the Mackinac community is working together. Um, there are so many businesses that are coming together and working and just kind of with the ferry lines and the city and, you know, business owners, everyone, you know, just wants to make sure that, you know, everyone stays safe and make sure that 
you know, we, we can open in a safe way and just what kind of, what does the new normal look like? And how do you, you know, a place that sees millions of visitors every year, how do you social distance and whatnot? So everyone is, is really, it's, it's honestly great to see everyone working together and kind of doing what we can to come up with some, some solutions to these questions and problems. Yeah. I got to think that Mackinac, Mackinac Island is not the place where six feet between people is something that can be easily accomplished anytime soon. Right, right. But, you know, there are, I feel like everyone is kind of just at this point taking it day by day, week by week. And again, just kind of talking with each other. I feel like I, I don't know kind of specifics on what the, that plan looks like right now. And, uh, you know, but everyone is doing everything that they can to make sure that people are able to stay safe if they you know, would like to come up in the summer. What's the ferry ride like right now? <clears throat> well, right now, so I haven't been over to the island since the stay home order started, right. actually since before it started, um, but they are still running. Starline is running a couple trips. Um, they actually just uh, said yesterday that they're going to be doing two trips per day on two days a week. Um, so there was <clears throat> a city council meeting about, um, you know, kind of with some questions about that today. But um, yeah, right now everyone's just on the, on the boat. We're required to wear face masks, you know, social distance. Um, everyone, you know, they aren't running the fast boats yet. So the ferry ride still takes about 45 minutes to get over there. And they are only running from St. Ignace right now. Um, so as soon as we get updates on if anything will change, um, we're going to go with that. But yeah, I know that they're also included in this kind of conversation. And how do we social distance on the ferry? And how will that change their schedule? And just a lot of different questions that uh, are going to need to be answered. <laughs> so is the ferry not going to be running yet anyway at this time of year, other than the St. Ignace ones or what? Yeah. So just Starline is running right now. They do the winter service throughout the whole winter. Um, and so they were running a few times a day, every day. Um, and now they've just reduced it um, a little bit. So, but there are no, there's no ferry service right now for Mackinac city. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the future and when things start to open up, what that looks like um, in terms of shufflers starting to run. Um, and we do still have freight coming over as well, um, which has, brings the mail and everything. So that's daily um, on, on Arnold Freight. So picture hotel. We're, we're able to get back eventually. The governor opens things back up. We're all able to jump back on the ferry. We're looking for some place to stay. Where should we stay? Oh my Island. gosh. Well, you are welcome to come stay at Mission Point Resort over on the Sunrise side of Mackinac Island. Um, yeah, we're really looking forward to opening back up like when we weren't able to open. And again, I know it's so important to stay safe right now and, you know, social distance, but I was so sad. And this is like, you know, it's the end of April. It's the beginning of May. It's one of the best times and everything's opening up and it's exciting. Um, and it's just so different this year, which I feel like is really hard. And I'm very thankful to still be employed and still have my job. But it's, it definitely is, is really hard to just kind of realize the differences of this year to years past. Um, so as soon as we are able to open our doors, we would love to have people come up. I wish that somehow hand motions could translate through <laughs> podcast audio. <laughs> Check out yes, the sunrise. Uh, <laughs> yes, the, the, the classic Sarah-isms. One of the things I miss most about Sarah that I just don't have anymore is someone that's just super gullible in the office. Okay. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> when we were, before we jumped on the phone, uh, we were talking about work and whatnot. And Sarah was pitching, like, 
us coming up to stay at the hotel. I was like, oh, you should come up to the policy conference, blah, blah, blah. And like, Sarah, you know, we'd never do that. We're, we're just never doing <laughs> And then she says, let me hope. And then I immediately said, yeah, well, we've been talking about it. And then she goes, really? <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. Okay. Aren't you glad you're back with us? Aren't you glad you're back with us, Sarah? I know. Where else would I get this verbal abuse? It's fine. It's been six minutes and Joe's right back at it. (laughs) So have you picked up any hobbies, any quarantine hobbies? So I knew you were going to ask this and I started thinking about it because honestly, no, no. (laughs) I, I live by myself. So I feel like if I bake, you know, two dozen cookies or a loaf of banana bread, guess what? I eat two dozen cookies and then a whole loaf of banana bread. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I have a little keyboard back here. So I've been playing, you know, like piano and I've been doing like workout YouTube videos. Um, but in terms of like interesting hobbies, not really. Um, <laughs> I would like to say that I've like baked bread from scratch. I've been watching a lot of videos about how to do this stuff. I just haven't physically done it myself. So not to put you on the spot, oh, but, okay. but we have a Michigan State graduate here on the, oh. on the call, Carly Buell. She should have been walking with her class on Friday evening. You are a, a recent, you have the same degree, recent MSU grad. What words of wisdom? She's already taken the first rule, which is to work with us. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. That was the first Woo-hoo. piece of advice I'm sure that she would have given her. But what do you have now as far as now that you've been out and about for three, four years? Gosh, I'm, I'm giving advice to people. Okay. Um, <laughs> just, it's just you and her. No one else is listening. Except for all of the, the listeners to the podcast. <laughs> um, I guess I feel like the main, the, the best thing that I learned, even when I was still in school and I still think it's applicable is just to like be a sponge and absorb all as much like learning opportunities as you can. Um, you know, I feel like we come out of school and we're like, yeah, we're ready to go. I have all this knowledge. It's great. And then you get into the real world and you're like, oh my gosh, everyone is so experienced and has all, you know, much more knowledge than I do. And this is crazy. So I feel like you can learn from people and find mentors um, who are able to, to help guide you in the first few years of, of, you know, your working life. I feel like that is so important and just learning as much as you can. Um, whether it's through mentorship or with like self-directed, you know, listening to webinars and all of that other stuff. I feel like you can learn as much as you can in the first few years that I feel like has been such a game changer for, for me. And that brings, us welcome, back, that brings us back to Joe. Of course. Of course. <laughs> he is a horrible mentor. I've tried to get him to teach me things and he's like, I, I'm so bad at trying to like explain stuff and just, I can't. Oh my gosh. This is my <laughs> shocked face for listeners. I, I just, yeah, that is not shocking in any way. Mentors are stupid. Stupid. <laughs> I'm a little offended that you would even imply that Joe would be your mentor. <laughs> Laura's definitely my mentor. I just, oh. was, I just meant that I have tried to get Joe to also teach me things and he doesn't want to. I have nothing to teach. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. I've also tried to get Joe to teach you things and he won't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sarah, it has been awesome to have you back and to see you. I hope you're, hope you're doing well and staying safe. This is seriously, I was so, I was so excited. And again, I, I told Joe, I was like, 
is it kind of rude to like say I kind of want to be on the podcast again? But at the same time, I was also kind of like, I want to be on the podcast again. So <laughs> I'm really glad that you're, uh, I'm you're on the podcast on. every single episode. Yes. That is very true. I was, I, it was so funny hearing my voice on the intro. I'm like, oh gosh, that was a while ago. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that no, since a lot of people now, you know, since you've been gone, you know, Nikki, Laura, have, and Steph, they've all joined. Actually, Steph was here when you were still here, but I'm always getting asked which one of them it is. Oh my gosh. I'm like, what? Nope. It was, yeah, we all sound the same, apparently. The legend is especially, gone. Especially the part where you go, stop, don't say yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh my god. Ombre has been with us, our, our our good friend, our former colleague who is living quarantine life on Mackinac in Mackinac City. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Nice to see you again. Good to nice to you. meet you. Kind yeah, of. you guys yeah. too. Well, Sarah Ombre, the voice of the podcast, back. That was a hoot. Um <laughs> <laughs> Carly, you are graduating right now. You're laughing hysterically. I don't know why. <laughs> Nothing funny going on. <laughs> What'd you take from those words of wisdom from your the the person who filled your shoes before before you had them here, Sarah, our former our former intern? Yeah, I just gotta learn learn everything I can, be a sponge, and keep making fun of Joe. I think you, that's uh, that's what I got out of it. You got the game plan. Yeah. Good deal. Well, it's been another wonderful episode of the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. I want to thank Justin Winslow, uh, President and CEO of the Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association, uh, for joining us and talking to us about the restaurant's uh, situation, and our good friend, Sarah Ombre, a voice from the past and the present uh, for the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Um, Good to see you, Sarah, and to talk to you. Uh, For the rest of you, we will talk to you soon, and it's been the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Well, that was fun. Sarah Ombre back on the podcast. Carly, what did you take away from that? To be a sponge. There you go. <laughs> to be a sponge. Yeah. There you Learn go. Everything I can. Well, on that, you are off off to high high and good things on after graduation, and you've all yeah. been listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. We'll be. I screwed that up. Can you fuck? Can you fix this? Can you just get rid of all that? <laughs> Yeah. What is going on? I screwed it up. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> that was Sarah on. That was great. The voice of the podcast. Carly, what'd you think about? <laughs> I screwed it up again. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. And you're all going to laugh. Oh. <sighs>